Partners and 1494 2AY presents The Journey Podcast. The stories you're about to hear are true. They shine a light on the events and incidents, known and unknown, that have shaped the lives of the Albury-Wodonga region's most intriguing personalities, local legends and unsung heroes. So sit back and enjoy. All right, this time around on The Journey, we've got two people in the studio, which will be a different feel. We've got Farah and also Andrea from Andiamo Street Kitchen. Did I say that right, Farah? Yes, he sure did. You should get Andrea to say it. <laughs> say it in the Italian flair, Andrea. Uh, it's Andiamo Street Kitchen. Yeah, see, us Aussies, we just can't do anything, can we? Okay. Right. Story of. Sure. Farah, you were born here, is that right? Yep, so I was born in Albury. Um, went to school here the majority of my life. I lived in East Albury, um, during primary and most of high school, went away f- for school for a little bit and then came back and um, ended up, well, I went to uni in Wagga, but um, have spent most of my life here. Mm. Yep. And Andrea, I'm guessing with such a great Italian accent uh, <laughs> that you've got a, a slightly longer story in terms of how you've come tied to Aubrey Wodonga. Yes, well, I definitely did not. I wasn't born here. I was born in Italy about 32 years ago in Milan. And uh, I spent the first 21 years uh, up in Milan, went to chef uh, trading school and uh, ended up in Australia in 2010 and moved to the Northeast in 2013. So I've been here nearly eight years in this area. Let's move on to the business side of things. Uh, People would be familiar with you for the shipping containers. You know, Junction Square got redeveloped in Wodonga and I guess you both joined forces to put part of that vision together. Um, Andrea, it's still fairly new in a lot of people's minds, but you feel like you've aged, you were saying to me before we got started, you feel like you've aged faster because of the process. How long has the business been around now for? Um, I believe we open in April 14, so we'll have to be nearly seven years now, which it feels like yesterday. Um, when I say I've uh, aged this because it comes with a lot of challenge and, and a little bit of stress maybe at times, but um, every day still feel like a new day for us and uh, the food we, we deliver, it keeps it pretty exciting and challenging, absolutely. Yeah. So the idea of the container. Yeah. Well, that's a joint idea because both Far and I, in our previous experiences, worked in a shipping container uh, environment with both chefs. So I was working in uh, Europe for a uh, Formula One um, catering company. And uh, the kitchens to move from state to state, they can be transported in a shipping container. And uh, I guess it was quite a brilliant idea. And um, while Farah did pretty much similar things. Yeah, for the Volvo Chignot race. Um, yeah, we went around the world, though, so they'd put the shipping containers on um, ships both, yeah. and move them around to each port. But I guess the way that they came about was that we probably didn't really have the finances together to open a brick-and-mortar building, yes. and we didn't really want to because we weren't really sure where we're at at that stage, we, it was sort of a little bit temporary, which after seven years, it's probably, people still go, oh, it's a pop-up. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, seven years, it's, yeah, it's definitely, and it's well supported, especially by by Wodonga, I guess, 
council and and all yeah all of the community really well it's actually established something now that's a point of visitation i know it's not just you two on your own but obviously Mm. it's built a precinct yeah absolutely you can walk down there anytime and you know there's a lot of albury residents there enjoying it as well which is something different compared to what traditionally would happen in our area yeah that's right and like so our shipping containers both us and piccolo pod did activate we feel that we activated that area i mean it was sitting vacant for a, a very long time and it got moved from state to to mm. local government. So I think that, you know, we're probably pioneers in the area. Wodonga's definitely going ahead. Yeah. And so I guess together from experience, it sounds you've got the common cause there. And the, I guess the the process that you feel has had the challenges, Andrea, um, what is it that you've sort of discovered over the several years um, <laughs> that you think has become your key to success? Um, well, the challenges are a is a small space, so there's you're quite limited in what you can offer and the amount of people that can work at once. Even though you'd be surprised the amount of food we can generate in well four square meters, probably. Um, we have used to do weddings about f- four years ago out of the shipping container. And uh, we, used to, we make all the bread ourselves and all the pastries, which is quite incredible. People still to today don't believe that, some of them, like it's impossible. But um, I guess if you're smart about it, you can make it happen. Nowadays we have a, a, a commercialized, uh, centralized kitchen down in High Street to do all the preparation from. Um, but what made the key of success, in my opinion, is that it's something that regional Victoria hasn't seen before. Um, back in, in back in the days, which is very common in the cities like Melbourne or Sydney, or anywhere around the world, and I guess at the start it might have scared people off a little bit because it was so different that uh, some of the I want to say the old generation people they used to have the classic scrambled eggs and bacon on a plate. We did not offer that. We still don't offer that. Um, didn't come, but now they realise that you can get other things. And uh, they are as good as the egg and bacon, really. And um, yeah, and constantly we're there to provide amazing experience in my eyes. So. Yeah, we're all creatures of habit. We all tend to you know, go to the same restaurant, Absolutely. the same cafe. And I do the same sometimes. Yeah. Go through the same menu at home, yep. you know, to try yep. something yep. different yep. and to have something so revolutionary hit town has obviously been pretty important. And I know hospitality workers work day and night. Um, they're there on call essentially for the needs of somebody wanting to eat or drink. Mm. Any spare time that you have? Andrea, what uh, would you do? Yeah, well, I do enjoy outdoor. Um, trying to be on my push bike as much as I can or motorbike as well. Um, I joined the gym recently, so I'm trying to <laughs> find the balance between workload and downtime and uh, spend time with my partner. And if I'm not doing any of those things, you'll probably find me at the Church Street Hotel for a beer. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Farrah? What, what, hobbies? What, what's your downtime look like? Well, yeah, I mean, it used to be travel, but obviously during COVID that stopped. Um, I spend quite a bit. I'm quite a homebody, really. I like to be at home. Yeah, go to the gym, love a wine, go to the wineries, go out and eat. Um, I guess that's part of the success of our businesses that we like to experience other people's businesses as well. So... Mm. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely experience other food and cultures and, yep. Um, you mentioned in there 
you know, prior to COVID travelling, we might go down that line for a mm-hmm. second. Um, the challenges that have been thrown at everybody, uh, the word pivoting, people are sick of hearing the word pivot your business somewhere. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What have your challenges been in that, in that line? I mean, obviously you were sort of in a public space, you'd have to think you haven't faced some challenges some people have, but I'm sure you've had your own. We're, look, we've been incredibly, um, I think, lucky. It's the it's like the business was set up for that sort of, well, I guess it's a flexible business. Like it's, you know, pretty dynamic. You can eat there if you want. You can go away if you want to. And I guess people, you know, they were in an open space, which is wonderful, I guess, in this town as well. We've got good weather for that sort of thing most of the time. Um, definitely the challenges were probably reassuring our staff we've got a very close-knit family staff base so you know we really wanted to make sure that um you know they were I guess feeling comfortable because there was obviously a lot of sort of you know up and downs with whether people were going to have jobs and you know initially we said there may be a chance that we won't have work but it seemed as though you know we kept all of our staff on it's amazing um the gelato staff, especially during winter, obviously they didn't have work, but um, they are local kids, so you know then it's they're not relying on that. So yeah, probably the challenges for us were definitely, you know, making sure that there was work there well, for us and Absolutely. and for the staff. And we have been incredibly lucky; we haven't had to close. In fact, we opened an extra day so that we could, you know, maintain I guess the income coming in and also the demand for it. I suppose. Mm. Has it changed your business values? Do you think COVID or? Um, yeah, look, I think I, Andrea and I had a meeting just recently actually about the purpose and, you know, what our strategies were for the future. Um, I think that we definitely want to, we work really hard and we have worked really, really hard in the last five years. So probably, you know, during COVID, we've had a bit more time to ourselves and I think we would like we probably value that more and would like to carry that on, whether it's going to, you know, who knows, could go up, it could go down. So, yeah, that's definitely something that we've changed our values in in the business, yep. And I guess while you're both working together pretty hard on on what's now established, Mm -hmm. even though it may feel new to the consumer, it's an established business and you've been through a lot. Andrea, your ties to Italy which everybody right at the start of the pandemic were looking at what would be your family and friends and and how that particular country is responding. How's that left you having that pandemic and you living here in Australia, you know, almost able to do what you needed to do each day pretty well compared to others? Yeah, I believe it still feels real like every day because I come from a pretty strong family. We do talk to each other daily Um, and having to talk to them and hearing that they've been in lock- hard lockdown for nearly 12 months, it, I just can't get my head around it. Um, while we have worked seven days a week for the last well, 18 months, or since or 12 months since it started, um, I don't, it's, it's weird, it's definitely weird. I mean, a lot of my friends have lost their jobs. Um, my sister goes to uni, so she started the, um, the schooling from from home, yeah, remote learning, yeah. And uh, my mum, she's a housewife, um, housewife, so she doesn't really go out much. Dad retired two months ago, perfect timing for it, so she doesn't go, uh, doesn't have to go into the city. But um, I still feel, like Father said, we are extremely lucky yeah, to be absolutely. able to to, to to do an everyday job, which has changed, but the the stress level hasn't really changed because we've been lucky the. We've been turning over enough to 
basically feel like it's a normal day. It's weird. It's very yeah. And weird. yeah, while some people might think that oh, it's great to be staying at home and or not great to stay at home, we I like I feel really blessed that I can go to work just like Andrea Absolutely. said. I mean, we're hard workers. That's what that's what we're sort of, we'll that's what's lost, built also. inside us. So. You know, if we didn't, yeah, we'd be in a lot of trouble, I reckon. I think you're right. Um, We talk, well, I've spoken in the past about the haves and have-nots. You know, you said you've been very lucky. Your business was almost just made for this to come along in terms of uh, how it is, where it's situated and what have you. Um, But you do look at um, those around you who didn't have a reason to set an alarm each day. Yeah, yes, they so, still yeah. had work, but yep. they could get there any time they really needed to and do it around whatever they needed yeah. to do with homeschooling and yep. all different bits and pieces. It, I guess still having that routine, I think a lot of people would agree, was the benefit or the importance to try to maintain during something like yeah, this. And it absolutely. sounds like you know just by chance you guys have been lucky enough to be in one of those situations where you weren't planning it yeah. when you put a shipping container business yet, in the centre of Wodonga. I don't think you can feel unlucky by... Um, like I mean it can go either way I'd love to say oh yeah sure I'd love to have like a week off or whatever months off and lay in bed and wear your mockies to work and whatever but really I think that people are probably getting the positives out of that where they can so Mm. right. so obviously uh, we've established that you're both pretty comfortable pretty happy at the moment with how you've progressed in what you're doing Um, let's try to unlock some of perhaps the reason for success so far uh, a lot of people will talk about quite passionately about um, a particular saying or someone that they admire, things that have given them wisdom beyond, I guess, their situation. Um, I see Farrah looking at Andrea. <laughs> Andrea, this is where you're going to come in with this. Is there somebody that you admire, somebody that you think has had an impact on you? Oh, well, it has to be my dad. I mean, he's the patriarch of our family. Like I was saying before, we are pretty close family and... Uh, uh, I consider myself an extremely lucky kid because mum and dad always been together with their challenges, of course, but um, he's always been there for me and supporting me whatever I wanted to do. Um, the day I chose to come to Australia, he didn't be to say no. He just said, go, do what you feel. If you don't like it, come back. But compared to other friends of mine at the time, which they wanted to join the journey, they were unallowed because the family were probably a bit scared and uh, a bit naive about it. So I will be forever grateful to that. And uh, I think he's an awesome man because he can do anything from building to cooking to uh, talking nicely to mom and, mom and myself and my brother and sisters. So he's definitely my mentor. Yeah. Any, any great wisdom or advice that he handed on to you? Um, always believe in yourself and uh, listen to a lot of advices but at the end of the day just make your own choice you know life is yours and um i guess that's probably the best thing he's ever told me mm. what about you Farah? is there anything along that line that you sort of stands out favorite sayings or quotes or anything like that that often you go this is me today this is how i'm gonna <laughs> gonna apply myself <laughs> no i don't really have any quotes my i mean my mum has been a very hard worker and you know really independent as well so I guess that's one thing for me like being an independent woman business partner whatever like it's you know that's that's sort of where I stand I haven't yeah I don't really I'm not really that sort of person to look to quotes and mm. but yeah I think family and you know friends they're the people that you sort of admire and get strength from 
Yeah, exactly. Mm. We're the yep. ones that are around your journey together yeah. with you, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. They sure were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet. Uh, Andrea, what's your biggest achievement in life so far? Is it being here today? Absolutely. Um, if I look back seven, even ten years ago, even yeah, seven years ago, I would never imagine to run a business based on what I love to eat and cook and deliver to the people. So I'm pretty confident to say there's no way I could have done this back in Italy at the age I did, did it. Um, so it's pretty spectacular being able to be your own boss and and share what you love, what you're passionate about, which is food in this case, the experience with the local community. Uh, that's amazing, absolutely mm. amazing. What's the toughest decision you've had to make? Oh. Andre, was it tough to say you're going to move to Australia? Or? Well, that's what I was going to. Um, yes, definitely the second time I came back, I knew it wasn't going to be for for a little bit. I knew it was going to be for a long time. Um, I'd probably lie to my parents and say, oh, I'll come back. I'll just go and do the second round of holiday slash work. But yeah, I end up staying. Yeah. And uh, leaving, yeah, I guess family and friends at the airport gate, it was pretty uh, still tough today to think about it. But. And was that more so because you knew where you were going to head yourself yeah, and yeah, they weren't they, on the same? Yeah, so, yeah. so it's, it's pretty. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful I did it. I don't regret it. Yeah. But by far, it has to be the toughest decision I've ever made in my life. Yeah. What about you, Farah? How do you go with tough decisions? If you've got one in front of you, are you, are you pretty strong? Yeah. <laughs> have to be, don't you? Really yeah, you tough. Have to. Yep. Yeah. No, I don't have any tough decisions in front of me. I guess there's a lot of uh, it, at the moment. I know that there's a lot of sort of different businesses chopping and changing with you know COVID and I guess just the marketplace in general, especially in Wodonga, because it is such a you know thriving, thriving, thriving town. So um, I guess the decision for us is you know where do we go from here it is definitely difficult because you know we're going to have competition and um yeah like i mean seven years probably you know maybe three more years it'll be 10 years and then you sort of what yeah. do you do then <laughs> yeah me reaching milestone birthdays and that sort of yeah, thing. yeah <laughs> you're reinventing obviously constantly you yeah know, we are to stay i fresh mean the, yeah and, the business yeah. is very dynamic and i think that's part of the success mm. definitely you know like just having, you know, coffee and eggs and bacon, which is, you know, we're open breakfast and lunch, just having that sort of offering all the time. People do get tired of it. When you do have different things, I guess people are attracted to that. Hmm. Yep. Um, you talked about planning. How does someone in your particular field plan right now? You know, you, you've discussed the fact that you've been relatively um, – safe i guess through the through the pandemic but mm. you know we all see a border open border close you know and yeah. everyone and the response i guess to different businesses and individuals is different every time that happens yeah. how do you guys plan at the moment for your business well we just have to look to having a normal or back to normal sort of i mean one thing we haven't touched on is that we do a lot of catering and a lot of wedding catering which for a lot of people it's a really special day and for us it's really important for our business it's part of you know, like the backbone of our, our financial goals, I suppose. Um, and, you know, we've had to move a whole year. In a bit. 
of bookings into this year and even now like we're having cancellations for the next wedding season that comes on in March so I guess we're just you know that that um income generation is a little bit up and down at the moment so you just have to look to when we can do it I suppose it will come back but yeah we we've had some um we've had some time I guess during COVID to really look at our financials because you know even though we've got the passion and the skill the finance comes back right down to to the finance so yeah we've had some time it's not in our skill set both Andrea and I aren't you know we're not accountants by all means um I've done a degree at uni that didn't did include some accounting subjects and I think I did them twice maybe three times (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm not good at that. We've had some really, you know, rough experiences as well with, you know, people that are supposed to be advising you on that sort of stuff. And really it comes down to really knowing your business, I think, and knowing, you know, where things are at financially as well as, you know, all of the other things that, that make a small business. Yeah, Andre, you look like you sort of had I some... I agree, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we have done some take-home meals in, in between to try to generate that catering turnover also to keep our staff busy at the same time which has been pretty su- successful over the over last winter um but like you said before we're trying to reinvent ourselves and see what the market is at see what people need if people can't go out we'll bring it to you that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um, we have to otherwise we won't, yep. we won't make it yeah <laughs> pretty simple Farrah, maybe discuss what some of the changes have been around. I believe there's some changes around what people are going for and consuming and, I guess, seeking comfort in their food. Is that right during COVID? Well, definitely. I think, I mean, because gelato is a really sort of something that the whole family can eat, you're not going to the pub to have a beer, you're taking your kids to have a gelato and, you know, there's adult flavours and kids' flavours. I think, you know, maybe things like homeschooling, people have gone, oh, well, we've done our whatever hours of homeschooling let's go down and have a gelato and it's it's not a huge spend for people you're getting a good quality product getting a product that's won medals um which andrea can talk about further but um yeah like i think all of those sort of small treats for people that's what they're looking for because they're not getting a holiday and they're not going to see grandma and mm. they're not you know doing their normal that normal life maybe the gelato's become part of their normal life it's the small treats i think i yeah. think we've all found that it's the, it's the real simple yeah. small achievable yeah. uh, bite-sized yeah. sort of recognition yeah. and, and as rewards. a family like people yeah. are doing things because they're sort of whether they're forced or not i think they probably value that you know they're they're with each other more regularly and it's something that they can do especially at junction square in wodonga they don't have to go to Aubrey or elsewhere to get you know such a good quality product and the good quality is because <laughs> yeah, I believe some awards. Let's let's yes. uh, let's talk well, about that. It's pretty. I think it's pretty special. Um, we have entered a gelato competition through the Australian Food Awards um, last year, um, and popped through four different flavors, and um, which they all got medals: a chocolate, lemon, and uh, salted caramel. But the pistachio, which is my most favorite flavor, ever since I was a kid, and a benchmark. And the benchmark of a good gelateria is, is pistachio. pistachio or hazelnut. So the nuts flavors are always the one that tells you if it's a good gelato shop or not because it's a quite an expensive product. And in order to make it very flavorsome, you need to put lots of it in it. Um, the pistachio we use comes from Sicily, where my mom and dad come from. So there is an extra uh, touch for me, um, emotionally attachment. And 
in other words, we won a gold medal Australia wide, which I thought that was the biggest achievement I could ever reach. And in, in like the life. second year of the business, yeah, not so, just you know after yeah. years of plugging away at it, competing with big names of the cities. So mm. I yeah. thought it was pretty amazing that we have such a good quality product in a little community. Yeah, it's brilliant. Well, I'm I'm an ambassador. I've recently started the uh, started the campaign of why do we have meetings over coffee? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's fully acceptable for us to reward ourselves, particularly in the warmer weather, and, and meet as adults with ice creams yeah, in hand absolutely. instead of a coffee you can't cup. Ride your bike and drink at the same time. Kev. <laughs> exactly right. But um, so yeah, let's all have our business meetings and our job interviews over ice cream. It Sounds might be good. a little messy, but if it's award winning and it's here in absolutely. town, why not? We can book here. a table for you if you like. Is that right? Just for the ice cream? Absolutely. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I guess uh, we tend to really look at the success, and you've shared some, both shared some really good insights today on on how, whilst there's still challenges, you're comfortable with with those that have been put in front of you to get to this point. Um, always go through a few little fun ones to wrap the journey up. Yeah. An oldie but a goodie, and you'll both have independent answers to this, I'm sure. But if you were able to invite three people to a dinner party. <laughs> Dead or alive, who would you have with you? We'll go with you first, Andrea. Well, I was thinking about it before, actually. Um, I think Dr. Carl will have to be in the room because I feel like A, he's a legend of a human. And, uh, so not fair because that's one of my answers okay. as well. <laughs> All right. We can share the dinner table. Who else have you got? And then it might sound a bit strange, but I would love to see and sit with David Attenborough. Yeah, very knowledgeable person, and I do love all his shows he does on TV. And probably Mark Knopfler, guitarist. Yeah, yeah, die straight. Is, I mean, I've recently starting a guitar lesson course, which is not going well at all. <laughs> but we stay positive and we get there. Rome was not built overnight and uh, neither him. So, yeah, every time I listen to some of his songs, uh, he reminds me how bad I am and yeah. also how good I could be one day. Yeah, just, maybe you could play for it. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to pick up that axe yeah. and jam. You just, just play and David and Carl would talk to each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love it. Farrah, who would you have? Well, I'd be pretty keen to have Dr. Carl too. I'd love to hear him like, break be down. Be yeah, pretty, he'd be great. Yeah, hilarious. I'd re- to be, this is, it's probably a little bit, it's not anyone famous, but um, my grandmother... She, I remember her cooking, like she, I used to think she was the world's best cook, like so many people do. Now I look back on it, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure if Fred Chung in soup on chops in the grill is like the ultimate, but I definitely, she died when I was probably about 15. So definitely her. She's probably the main person I'd like to have. Sounds really profound, but. She's no. pretty cool. She had a great sense of humour too. So what was that French onion on? She used to put like a soup mix on, like a packet mix on top of, you know, just like <laughs> chump chops and then put them under the grill. Yeah. And they would have had, I'm sure they would have had like oil or something. Yeah, it was you probably know. just the French but onion soup just, mix. Yeah. Just that smell of, you know. It was, sort of yeah, yeah, like just, you know, and caramelising on the top. Now yeah. we, we know you're playing both worlds, so sweet or savoury, Farrah? I'm definitely savoury. Yeah. I'm forever savoury. Yep. Absolutely. But you know you've got to have the sweet offering. The gelato's good, though. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, we sort of discussed it earlier about hobbies and things away from business and what have you. On a general weekend, what would your plans be? 
Probably a choice, right? Having a wine. Yeah. I drink, I'm, a, I'm a big wine drinker. I've got a background in wine, so I, I, I'm definitely, yeah, definitely going to have a wine on the weekend. And some activities. We work, we, sort. and we do work on the weekends too. So yeah. you know, weekends for us are a combination of both of those sort of things. It's pretty boring, really. <laughs> well, it can also be very exciting and also very rewarding by the looks yeah, of things absolutely. as well. So, Farah and Andrea from Andiamo. Did I get it right? Well Is that done, good? Yeah. Street Kitchen and Topolino. Perfect. <laughs> there Perfect. you go. Uh, thank you so much to both of you for making oh, Tommy part of the journey. Thanks for listening to The Journey. At BMG Partners, they enable people to achieve their dreams. And if listening to this conversation got you thinking about your journey and whether you're on track, they'd love to hear from you. Head to bmgpartners.com.au. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.